0: energy a ton of contact uh, playing you know you know just a lot more tackling more physical uh, more drills that that
1: require that and um, and again a ton of energy both sides of the ball um, you know I love uh, watching uh, really you know uh, love watching the quarterback Dylan uh, Gabriel just great arm. And uh, you can tell uh, he's run this
0: system because he he looks really smooth and comfortable in it. So, anyhow, I've been really impressed. I I think they're making, you know, great strides every time they go
2: out there. Let's just say there was a scrimmage tomorrow and... Like right, the offense ran the defense or the defense shut down the offense Would that be concerning at all? Um, I think it'd be more concerning
1: if the defense were to just completely shut down the offense, yeah, because the defensive line like we'll we'll see if it comes I, they don't come together like we'll see if it comes together, but the offense is ahead of where the defense is at right now. I mean, Bob just said it. they got a quarterback that's run the system before. I think they're better equipped to be good right now. The defense may going to be a little bit more of a work in progress. Here's the thing about the defense, man. Like, the offense doesn't have this issue. They're still trying to figure out where a lot of these guys are going to play defensively. You know? Yeah. Offensively, that's not really the case. I, the, only, the only place where that's happening is maybe on the offensive line. And I think that's only a few guys. So the the offense is pretty set. If the defense were to dominate, that would be the only thing that would be concerning to me. Especially if they just caved him in up front and they couldn't run the ball.
2: I don't know how they're doing the... Because the last practice I was at, there were kind of like names for each defensive unit. It wasn't like first team, second team, third team. So it's almost like they've got first and second and third team players scattered within each group. I think I'm not exactly sure. It's hard to know because they're not calling them. All right, ones are up. You know, there's yeah. they have like a, you know, like the Crimson Crew or whatever their name was. So it's hard to know like who the who the starters are or if there's really even a depth chart. And I don't even know that there is. I don't,
1: there probably isn't, man.
2: So uh, it's kind of hard knowing that to to kind of get a feel for who is who's kind of where um so i don't know it, it's it, i i plan to to really it, it's hard to watch individual guys you just kind of have to get a feeling for how it's like practice is going out there and uh, i plan on watching the offensive and defensive line quite a bit and see who's really winning that battle i feel like last week It was any time they went tempo, the offensive line was winning the battle. A lot of times whenever they weren't going tempo, there was defensive linemen in the backfield making plays. Um, And I didn't see what I would consider one explosive play from the offense the whole day.
1: Wow. How many plays was – what, 40 plays scrimmage, 50 plays? If you had to guess.
2: Um you know, I didn't I didn't watch the whole thing, but I I probably fifty plus plays. Yeah. And, you know, not to say that they didn't the offense didn't have success. They did, but it's not like they were just, you know, ripping deep balls or, you know, weaving in and out of tackles and taking it to the house.
1: I feel like that's gonna be the case with the offense this year. When they're when they're when they're moving, man, when they're going tempo, then they're getting good protection, they're running the ball really well. But when they're not running tempo, I'm sure that's when this offensive line is going to have issues. I think that like what you saw is a little bit of a peek into the future. Now, the easy answer is just to say, well, then that's the case. If that's what best suits the offensive line, then just always go tempo. Okay, that's one way of thinking. But is this is this team going to be suited best by an offense consistently going really fast, not really helping out its defense by, you know, running some clock. Yeah. That's kind of – that's that's the point that you get to, and that's where you were at before as a program, not running an offense that's helping out your defense a whole bunch.
2: Yeah, I, I think that that's a conversation that they've had, um, and they'll just kind of play it situationally. And, you know, I, I don't think, especially whenever you've got a, a defensive-minded head coach and – I don't think uh, – at least I don't get the impression that this is a quota-based offense where you feel like you've got to get different guys this many touches in this type of fashion. I I, I don't think that that's the case. And I think Lebby, just having known Lebby and – he would be fine if he was able to run the ball seventy times a game. I think he would be sure. just fine with that. If if it if that equals totally dominating in in wins in football games, I think he would he would do that. Now, obviously, that's not going to be the case. He's going to be really balanced and uh, he's a really good play caller. So I think you're going to be able to see like a really nice mix of slow it down, pound the football, uh, up tempo you know, slashing, running the football, um, you know, drop back pass, move in the pocket, boot, misdirection. I mean, he's gonna offer the full gamut play action. So, you know, he's he's designed a really good offense. I mean, remember, Kel Gundy said he's the most well rounded offensive mind he's he's been around. So I I think off, I don't think you have to worry about becoming a team that Scores so much or goes so fast that your defense ends up being on the field a ton.
1: Text line, again, we need to get off caring so much about the offense. Clearly, elite offense doesn't win championships. Elite defense does. So I hope they do dominate the offense. Actually, it's been both. you got to have an elite offense and a yeah. pretty, a really good defense to win a title. I don't think, Teddy, I, I don't think that you can win a title these days with just one side of the ball. You've got to be elite or close to elite on both sides.
2: Yeah, well, it's true even though we just witnessed it happen with Georgia. Right? I mean, Georgia I mean, they weren't they weren't bad offensively, but we They weren't
1: elite, that's fine. Um this this was also a pretty unique year. It was in the a sport. unique year.
2: And I agree with what you're saying. I I think that I think it's harder to spot elite defense than it's ever been. And it I think elite defense looks different than it ever has. Because I mean you can you can have an elite defense and still give up, you know, 35 points in a game and win it. Like whenever you're playing when it's we're talking about the best of the best, because of the rules of college football and how good they the coordinators have gotten at exploiting the rules there's points are going to be scored in college football that's just how it's going to well, be
1: Bama won its last national championship in 2020 and they gave up 20 points per game defensively mm-hmm. that's a lot well that also ranked number one in the SEC that season right.
2: yeah offense is is ruling the day but that's what I'm saying where it's it's harder to spot elite defense you know it's just the defense doesn't have the benefit of the rules system like the offense does, and uh, you can't, defensively, you can't manipulate the field into your benefit like the offense can. You can't manipulate some of the rules, some of the clock, some of those different things to your benefit like the offense can, so you're left playing that game, and even if you're elite, it's going to end up, you know, whenever you get to playing the best of the best at the end of the year, it's... You know, even though it's elite defense, the scoreboard may not look like it.
1: Text line, can I add Nick Evers to your list of guys to pay attention to tomorrow? I'm worried about having a true freshman as a backup QB. Also, Gabriel is a little guy with a history that includes a season-ending injury.
2: Yeah, I've been talking about this. They've got backup quarterback issues. They do. And it would not shock me if they addressed that somehow in the transfer portal. I think they're, they're going to. I think right now, I need to pull up the roster. I think the Bowens kid is probably your backup quarterback. So, like, if they played a game this weekend, that doesn't
1: make me feel all great. If that's the case, and it probably is, so they're, well, they're going to get a guy. I I I believe they're going to get a guy after the spring. But don't expect that guy to – your feelings on the backup quarterback situation may not change based on who they get. Just right. because there may not be that impressive of a dude that's out there. Yeah. Now, it would have been awesome if Jackson Dart would have ended up coming to OU. That didn't happen. I just don't think that you're going to get someone the level of Jackson Dart to come here.
2: No, and I like Evers. I think he's, he's going to end up being a good quarterback, but that doesn't mean that as an early arrival this spring that he – is ready to be uh, – jog out on the field in Lincoln should something happen with Dylan Gabriel. You know what I'm saying? So um, that's something to look at. I will say, though, the very small amount that I saw, I thought the Bowens kid looked pretty good. So,
1: College football's most boring and entertaining teams ahead of the 2022 season. 24-7 sports has uh, five of them. There is one team in the Big 12 that's going to be listed as or that's listed as going to be boring in 2022. Would you like to take a guess? ISU? It's not Iowa State. It's a pretty good guess, though. Uh, And they're right about it. I mean, they're a really good football team. They won the conference last year, but it's not the most exciting. Yeah. Boston College is on the list, but Baylor comes in at number four.
2: Yeah. I mean, if you find uh, an elite like the best possibly running attack in college football, boring. Then, then so be it. I don't, but I guess I view things differently.
1: Appalachian State is number three. Auburn is number two. Buffalo is
2: number one. <laughs> wow, yeah, I can't believe that they threw a team in there that was in a New Year's Six last year. By the
1: way, uh, all the teams that were listed as exciting, which Arkansas made the list. Um, okay, I mean, Arkansas plays a more exciting brand of football than under Brett Bielema, but like one of the most exciting teams in the country. I have to wait on that. Arizona State at number five, Arkansas at four, Georgia at number three, Ohio State at two, and Alabama at number one.
2: Yeah, it's, it's kind of hard to argue. With some of that list, who'd you say Arizona State?
1: Arizona State was at five.
2: That's kind of a random. Yeah,
1: especially because they lost the quarterback. Right, but Jane Daniels to, to LSU.
2: But even last year, did they have like a highly? I don't know offense? because
1: we don't watch any Pac-12 football.
2: I mean, their offense is. I'm all the way, unless I've missed it. They are. <sighs> the, they are not good offensively. They are in, like, the bottom third of like yards per game. 388 yards per game and 28 points per game for Arizona State. That's a weird team to put in there. And
1: the quarterback, again, like, that was the only exciting part of the offense, Jaden Daniels, and he's at LSU now. Right. I don't even know who if Arizona State knows who the quarterback's going to be. I
2: mean, George is exciting because they had, you know, an unbelievable defense, a – uh, a capable offense. Alabama, obviously, is is both of those as well. Who were some of the other ones?
1: In uh, most exciting, exciting? Yeah. Arizona State was five. Arkansas was four. Uh, Georgia, what, was three. Ohio State was two. Okay, Alabama was one. All
2: right. Well, here's the thing. Like, just in comparison, Arkansas – had 440 yards a game last year, and Oklahoma was down. Oklahoma had 451 uh, better. Arkansas scored 30 points a game. Oklahoma, who was down, scored 39. I I guess they feel like that quarterback there is going to make some big jumps. I tend to be skeptical, but I could be wrong. I'll, I'll admit I don't know a whole heck of a lot about KJ Jefferson, KJ Jefferson and, and and Arkansas, but um...
1: I think Oklahoma is definitely a team I I mean based on the teams they put there, Georgia and Arizona State and Arkansas, I can make an argument that OUs should be on there right now. OU is not going to be a three yards in a cloud of dust football team where defense rules the day. OU is going to be probably just as exciting as they've been recently. Yeah. Especially if they get good quarterback play. They'll be just as exciting. They'll be more exciting than Arizona State and Georgia. I can promise you that.
2: Man, Arkansas, Arkansas has about as difficult of a non-conference schedule as you can have without playing a Power 5 team.
1: Yeah, but... Um- but does that is that Cincinnati game a little fool's gold with everything they lose? I mean, they I built a good program; they'll be a good team. But I don't like. I don't view Cincinnati as a playoff team this year.
2: No, they're not a playoff team. But it's still, it's a it, that's a really hard non-conference game.
1: Right it, out of the shoot. Right out one. of the
2: shoot, and you're not going to get much credit for it if you win it. Oh well, yeah, you know. That's true. Uh, and then they've got Missouri State, who we know Badrino's there, and he's going to want revenge. Then they got BYU, at BYU. BYU might be good this year. And then Liberty, which Liberty is a non-Power 5, but they've had really good teams, really good offenses recently, and I know they lost their really good quarterback. But still, like not playing a Power 5 school, that's about as tough as you can get.
1: Yeah, luckily I don't view the SEC West as a juggernaut this year. This may be, in terms of being down, the SEC West could be as down as it's been in a while. Now, they've got the best team in college football this year in Alabama, but Auburn is a complete dumpster fire. I don't think LSU's going to be that good this year. Uh, Ole Miss has got to replace the quarterback. We'll see. Mississippi State is – God, Teddy, are they going to be anything other than 7-5 and five again? Just kind of – Beat Seven a couple teams yep. they shouldn't. lose. And they to should be beat Arkansas last
2: year. That was one of the biggest yeah. robberies I've ever seen.
1: So I, Arkansas's got a chance. I mean, they got a chance to finish second in that division. I think, I think second in that league is wide open. A lot of people will just go ahead and give that to a and M. i A&M. I'm just not – I don't know. I, I'm not buying into the A&M hype this offseason. Well, I'm not
2: doing it. Here's the thing. They could maybe get second place in the West, which they got third place last year. But they could also start the season zero and two against Cincinnati and South Carolina. Yeah,
1: totally.
2: So, South Carolina is going to be—they like, had a—they were seven and six last year, a big step up from where they were previously, and they just got way better in the off season. I mean, a quarterback—it ain't close to what they've had the SEC, with Radler.
1: The SEC is really brutal to the teams that are you know, kind of the bottom feeders in the conference because, like in the Big 12, if you have a down year or two, there's kind of a chance to pick yourself up off the mat a little bit because it's not just an absolute grind. Um, but, dude, if you're a Vanderbilt, like, how do you pick yourself up when it's a grind of a schedule every single year?
2: Yeah, because – they,
1: Arkansas went through that.
2: Yeah, they they continually like there's there's ten, uh, at least I don't see or know of a rhyme or reason to their scheduling, and they just constantly put the bad teams against the good teams. Yeah, and it's just <laughs> it's brutal. And then
1: Arkansas like schedules Notre Dame in a non conference. I think that one may have been uh, canceled by COVID. But they schedule um, Notre Dame. They put Cincinnati on there. It's like, guys, chill out. Don't put BYU on the schedule. Just go Kansas State and schedule some cupcakes, which I guess they did put Texas on the schedule last year. So uh, that was in the direction that they were going there. And they did treat him like a cupcake when Arkansas blew Texas out in Fayetteville. But, God, calm down.
2: KJ Jefferson, 67% completion guy, 21 touchdowns, just four interceptions, and he was also their leading rusher, 664 uh, on the ground with six touchdowns. That's pretty solid, pretty solid. So I don't know. We'll see that what that what that offense can do. It's it's going to be. There's going to be a lot of similarities between what you see with Arkansas and what you see with our offense. Obviously, there's there's a lot of carryover there, but um, differences as well. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Final hour rolls on. Opinions. You've got them. We want to hear them. Sound off 247 365
1: on the Air Comfort Solutions text line at
2: 405-651-3439. Yeah, hi there. My name is Bob, and I, I need some help. Captain
1: Jack's Wine, Rum, and Spirits in Norman, 2400 Northeast 12th Avenue on the corner of Rock Creek and 12th. It is The Rush brought to you by Pacifico. Pacifico, let it remind you to live life. Anchors up. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman inside the Brown O'Haver studio on this Tuesday. So I have a list of about six college football programs right now. I'm going to list them one by one, and you tell me what happened because there's been multiple years with each of these programs where they've sucked. So how did they get to where they're at today? Text line, I also want your help on this as well. 405-651-3439. Let's start off with Florida State. Teddy, what happened in Tallahassee the past 7 years?
2: Uh, I think the same thing that's about to happen at Texas a and I think Jimbo um I think he he brought in all of like, I guess he the best way to say it is he sold his soul To get a bunch of top talent there, and he was able to hold it together just long enough to get a championship out of it before it imploded on top of it. And it
1: crumbled, and the structure, they they haven't had any structure since.
2: Now, I think the same thing is probably going to happen there at Texas A&M. Whenever you've got that much talent, remember there's only 11 guys on the field at any one time, right? There's going to be guys that are disgruntled, guys that are upset, guys that are going to want to leave, and you're going to have to make promises and make concessions and all kinds of things, and eventually it's probably going to cave in. This time he has the ability to do a lot of it on the up and up with the NIL stuff taking care of it, but... That doesn't fix the problem that you're going to have culture-wise and in the locker room. The question is, can he keep it together long enough to do any damage?
1: Text line says it's the curse of the crab legs, and <laughs> I would agree with that. Ever since Jameis stole those crab legs from the uh, Publix, is that the grocery store yeah. they have down there? Um, there? There's been no structure. There's been, they haven't made a hire of someone that's going to come in and say, we're going to clean up the image a little bit. We are going to do things the right way. Um, That has not happened, and and it's not – Florida State won't get back until they have a head coach that can do that. And by all accounts, Mike Norvell is not the guy to bring any kind of culture to to Florida State.
2: It doesn't seem like it. You know, he had – he was saying all the right things early on in his tenure, and then it went south whenever he made some claims and said some things that apparently – or claimed that he had told his team or talked with his team about that he didn't. And put them all on the wrong foot, or on the wrong uh, standing with each other. Next question: Miami of Florida, what happened? Um, I, I don't know. My, the only thing I could say about Miami of Florida is they survived a long time on talent. And it wasn't just from the Miami area. It was there was other guys from, from elsewhere. But I think the South Beach, some of the some of the things that went on there, um they they were no longer able to get away with that. And they didn't they there was no interest there in the arms race of college football totally, as far man. as facilities and they may
1: not have had the means though to do that. Maybe they did. Maybe Miami has more money than I realized,
2: but. I, how could they not? There is, there is more money in South Florida than, I mean, most places in the entire country, save maybe uh, Manhattan, New York. How could they not? If If Iowa State can put together a, a $100 million renovation, if. If Baylor, if all of if TCU, if all of these schools can do it, then Miami yeah, should be you, able you to do it. You are talking about
1: renovations though, and I guess you could have renovated the old orange bowl if you wanted to. I don't know how feasible that is. I don't know what cost of land is in that area of the country. I'm gonna guess it's pretty expensive. But they would have to build well, probably an entirely new stadium, purchase land for all that. That'd be pretty that'd be pretty costly.
2: Yeah, it would. They play in in the NFL stadium now, yeah, uh-huh. don't they? Yeah, I, Baylor, they should have just followed what Baylor did. They should have played in that NFL stadium and built something manageable right there where the old Orange Bowl was. And I, I don't know how much Baylor's final bill was, but, I mean, they, did, they built a beautiful stadium, did it absolutely top-notch, but they didn't build a monstrosity.
1: Text line says, got a hold of way too many distractions in South Beach. Larry yep. Coker was that good. Curse of the convicts.
2: Larry Coker. Larry, uh, I, I don't know Larry Coker. Uh, I, I mean, he's got some ties to this area, I think. But that was not about Larry Coker. And I think the text is, uh, is joking about that because the amount of, Amount of talent that was there is just get out of the way and let them go. Trent win.
1: says tore down the Orange Bowl. President, AD, coach always butted heads. Poor recruiting and facilities haven't won the state of Florida with recruits. Yep. I think Miami and Florida State are shining examples of you've got to have you got to have culture within your program. You've got to have. If you
2: it. want to have sustainability, you, you have, have to. You have
1: to. You can have all the talent you want, but you've got to have you've got to have culture there.
2: All right, this one, this program
1: hasn't had the highs that Florida State and Miami has had, but it's had some good years in in recent days. National championship game in nineteen ninety nine, but Virginia Tech's not even the respected program it used to be. Vol what happened?
2: Um, bad hires. Um, I think that, and I I don't know, I don't know enough about Virginia Tech, frankly. For as long as I've been covering college football, they haven't been very good. I mean, it was when's the last time they had a a really good quarterback? I mean, would you, Um, Tyrod, Tyrod Taylor? Maybe seriously. Recruiting, I think, has been difficult there. They've got a cool fan base. They've got a cool venue there. I don't know what like their day to day facilities look like. I I would just say that a couple of well, is it a couple? Is it just one ho-hum hire? Who followed um Frank Beamer. Beamer? I think they hired uh, – did they not
1: hire out of Memphis? Um, God, why am I – Justin Fuente? Was,
2: was that the first
1: hire? I feel like afterwards? Fuente
2: was right after Frank Beamer. Well, I think that hire was initially, like, okay – uh, for like, the first half of the first season, and you said, okay, maybe he's going to turn it around, but then I think it just I – mean, they've never gotten it off the ground at yeah. all. This uh, next school has had some dumpster fire
1: years, but they've also had some 8-9 winning seasons, and you think that there's hope, and then it all comes crashing down. Tennessee won the 1998 National Championship, even had some good teams in the early 2000s. But it's been almost 20 years since they've been relevant. Tennessee, what happened?
2: Well, a lot happened. Bad hires. And in that league, once you get behind, it's really hard to make up any ground. It really is. I think they've got good facilities. I know they've got a gigantic stadium, but I think their football facilities, like their day-to-day, are pretty good. I think they can recruit well. They just you know after a couple of bad hires and some controversy with some of the hires that it just kind of fell apart on them and they've had to build it from the ground back up and i think hypel's done a really good job i think they i think they've got a chance to be relevant again
1: yeah, but we've seen this before from new coaches. They'll have a pretty promising year one, and then year two they may take a massive step back, and they can never recover from it. I, I hope that doesn't. I hope that doesn't happen to Heupel. He's got the quarterback, which is a they're huge be difference.
2: Better. Yeah, I, I think they're going to be better. They've got a. I think he's a sixth-year quarterback coming back, and last year you could easily statistically make the argument that he was, you know. Other than Bryce Young, the best quarterback in the SEC. Now, Will Rogers at Mississippi State had, you know, some insane passing numbers. But, you know, Hendon Hooker, as far as efficiency, quarterback rating, touchdown to interception, um, his, his completion percentage, did some stuff with his legs. He was legit. He was awesome.
1: Text line says Nick Saban is what happened. The SEC is just that different, and Tennessee Stadium sucks.
2: <laughs> uh, it doesn't suck. It's 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 kind of ugly. It looks like a Frankenstein stadium, but it's gigantic and whatever. It's packed, and you can't see what it looks like. It is a hell of a venue, man. All right, next one. We talk about this
1: program a lot during the decade of Suck, but it's always worth uh, mentioning. The University of Texas, 2009 National Championship game, but since then, not a whole lot to speak of. UT, what happened?
2: The same thing over and over. Um, you hire, you medal, you fire. You hire, you medal, you fire. It's the same thing over and over. You never develop any culture because everyone around the program wants to have their hand in things and tell the players how great they are and how special they are, and, you know, and, and how they're going to win all of these games. And why don't you come over here and and, you know, uh, and see our tailgate after the game, and everyone just wants to be a part of Texas football. Instead of actually winning any games, there's no culture there at all that well, there is a culture, but you know there's a, a, a toxic culture as far as not being tough, not being dialed in, you know, not putting your head down and working. It's all about what does being a football player get me?
1: Texas equals Miami, distractions on the text line. They always do least with the most, haven't been able to capitalize. That's on the text line. And since we're running up against it, I'll do one more. They've had good teams since 2008, but they've also had some really bad years since 2008. The
2: Florida Gators, what happened? Well, um, the – coach Urban Meyer pulled the plug on the grenade as he left town uh number 1 and then they've had they've had some bad hires in there and haven't given them a whole lot of time sometimes on on hires it's just one of the things is it's just it's brutally tough in in that conference once you go down to to claw and fight and get your way back up to the top it's just I mean it's kind of how it is. They, I think the, I think the poor hires is the biggest thing. Right? And, sh-
1: and sharks have really hurt them in the
2: past. Poor hires and sharks. Yeah, I see that text on there about, boy, old Teddy sure takes up for his pal Josh Heupel or whatever. Uh, how am I taking up for him to say that Josh Heupel's done a good job at Tennessee? I think that's exactly what happened. I think they had 7 wins last year. That was 5 year 5
1: more than most people thought they were yeah. going to have. He they, took over an awful situation last year and he made them a pretty respectable football team. There's something to be said about that.
2: Yeah, and you know, some of those games if they had them back, I think that they, you know, and everyone can do that, but they were close to turning out a a pretty special season. His best player transferred to Alabama
1: to play linebacker.
2: Half his roster transferred his, here. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, um, you know, I, I think, like I said, Hendon Hooker's coming back. That dude is a stud. Thirty-one touchdowns last year, just three interceptions. Uh, you know, sixty-eight percent completions. Did some good stuff on the ground as well. Six hundred twenty yards rushing, five touchdowns. So in total, kid had thirty-six touchdowns with just three interceptions. They're going to be they're going to be better next year. They're they're not going to fall back now. I haven't looked at their schedule. That could be a detriment, but I think good things are coming for Tennessee. All right, quick timeout. More from The Rush coming up. Stay tuned. This hour of The Rush is brought to you by Riverwind
1: Casino. Casino and hotel. Over 2,700 electronic games. 30 game tables. A 24-7 poker room. And the best in concerts and comedy. Riverwind Casino, just south of Norman, on Highway 9 and I-35.
0: Do you or your loved ones need health insurance? Call the insurance experts at Allison Insurance. Bob and Robert Allison have over 75 years of combined experience, and their team wants to ensure you that they have the health care solutions to fit your needs. Call 405-745-2968, and they can help you with Medicare supplements, your HSA, and more. Get the best insurance for you and your family by calling Allison Insurance today at 405-745-2968.
2: This is Teddy Lehman on behalf of my former Sooner teammate, Josh Tucker and Rooftech of Oklahoma. They guarantee the highest quality workmanship in the roofing industry that you won't get anywhere else. Rooftech is fully insured and regulated by the Oklahoma Construction Industries Board. So if you need help with your roofing needs, call Rooftech today, 405-703-4245. That's 405-703-4245. Are you looking for the kind of OU apparel you can wear
0: at work or dress up events? The Jimmy Austin Pro Shop carries the best brands like Tommy Bahama, Peter Millar, Travis Matthew, FootJoy, Greg Norman, Polo, and most recently, the popular Lululemon clothing line. Open seven days a week. It's the best shop around, whether you're a golfer or not. If you need corporate special orders, they can do that too. Come out and shop or call the Pro Shop at the Jimmy Austin OU Golf Club at 405-325-6716.
2: Hi, I'm Trevor Turner with RK Black. RK Black is the leading provider of copier, fax, printer, scanner, document management, and information technology solutions to small and medium-sized organizations in and around Oklahoma. When you think of a big league company, think RK Black. RK Black is the official provider of the Oklahoma City Thunder with Sharp. Let RK Black and Sharp become your official service provider for your office needs. Visit us online at rkblack.com or call 943-9800.
0: Hi, I'm Tim Lasher from my company, Lasher Home Comfort Systems. We install quality York products. The award-winning York Affinity Series is Energy Star rated and features a money-saving two-stage compressor design. Plus, every Affinity System comes with a 10-year parts and labor warranty and a lifetime warranty on the compressor. Now, you don't need to tell us anybody sent you. Just call the office and ask for me. I own the company. Lasher Home Comfort Systems, 579-3113. Get up to $550 in rebates now on qualified York components at Lasher Home Comfort Systems. Hi,
1: this is Lisa Talley, broker and owner of Aria Real Estate Group. Aria Real Estate Group is Norman's premier full-service commercial and residential real estate brokerage and leasing and management firm. With our team of real estate agents, specialized property managers, and in-house maintenance team, Aria is here for you in every capacity. Whether you're a seller, a buyer, an investor, or a renter, we can help. Please explore our website at ariagroupok.com. Aria Real Estate Group, the gold standard of real estate.
2: We are looking at a pretty lopsided matchup, Jim. Ron, this newcomer has no idea what he's getting himself into.
0: Let's go to the action. Jim, the size difference
2: alone is staggering. Unbelievable, Ron, and this guy acts like he doesn't have a care in the world. What is he thinking?
1: Every day, people tempt fate and die trespassing on railroad tracks. See tracks. Think train. Riverwind, casino, and hotel bringing to the final hour of the rush. Text line, I agree. Letting Teddy see text messages the best. Three exclamation mark. Because <laughs> he just finds the ones that are mean about him, focuses in on those, and gets mad at him. Sometimes. Not all the time. Uh, Miss Mullen smooching players—is that a rumor that was going on at Florida at the time? Mm,
2: I don't know. That's something I don't know. Uh, now, one of the other Florida schools and a former coach had that. Ah, uh, Jimbo's wife—that's
1: right. Maybe that's a deal. I mentioned the entire state of Florida last segment on what happened, but you can do Florida. We did Tennessee. Mm -hmm. You could do South Carolina after uh, what Coach Spurrier, I think, had three consecutive 10-win seasons. I had LSU on the list. You can do Auburn on the list. You could have Arkansas. You get the points. Like 75% of the SEC could be on this list. It's as up and down of a conference as you're going to find in college football. Just because – That's true. I mean, it's just a year-to-year thing.
2: You know, the real – interesting one that's missing from the list, which, did you put that list together? Uh,
1: No, I did. Yes, I did.
2: The University of Southern California. I did put
1: USC on the list.
2: Because that one is, that's the real interesting one. Um, Now, the NCAA sanctions hurt them uh, pretty bad, but they absolutely had it rolling in the the early 2000s. Um, So,
1: would you like to read that text message at the top by the way?
2: 97 class 4A playoffs I played for Stillwell. Teddy fumbled on like his third carry. I caused it. Uh, I don't think we played still well in the 4A playoffs in 1997.
0: <laughs> but
2: <laughs> I would I would take credit for the fumble. Um well, I would not take credit for it, but I would admit to it. I don't remember it, though, but I...
1: You don't remember a lot of things. That
2: is, how about this? That is not out of the realm of possibility. I'll say that. Does that make sense? I'm
1: going to go ahead and guess that it happened.
2: In the 97 playoffs, I would have been a... Sophomore? I think I would have been a freshman, wouldn't I? Mm,
1: no. Not, what, what year did you graduate? I graduated in, nine in
2: nine? 2000.
1: Oh yeah, ninety-seven. You were a freshman,
2: so it would have been the ninety-nine season. Would have been my senior. Se- so, like, if you're saying the like the fall of ninety-seven playoffs, which I don't remember who we who we played in the playoffs. Was it Stillwell? I don't know. I will. I will say that um, it's a possibility.
1: It happened. That's what uh, this individual is saying.
2: Mm, Okay.
1: We'll see it. Picks or it didn't happen. That's what I always say. (laughs)
2: Picks or it didn't happen. When Saban
1: retires, it's going to change everything. That is going to be one of the more, I mean, along with conference realignment, but it's going to be one of the most interesting things that's happened in the sport just to see how or if the power shifts at all in the sport. I don't know if there will be any coach in college football history that will have more pressure on them than whoever follows
2: Nick Saban. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there, There is um, – man, I, I don't know who takes that job. It's, it's going to be, like, the best job ever to take and the worst job ever to take.
1: Nothing's ever going to be good enough,
2: man. Yeah, nothing – well, it's national championship – Every year, that's that's the only thing that's going to be good enough. Um, like, the next coach is almost guaranteed to be
1: fired in four years, <laughs> you know? He could win a national championship in there, but almost guaranteed to be fired four or five years.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. They're so
1: spoiled right now. As a, I mean, how could you not be? But they're so spoiled right now, they don't even know what's realistic.
2: There will be a day when Saban retires or is no longer there for some reason. But I do not see it happening for a long time. I know he's up there. Did he just turn 70?
1: Yeah, I think that's right.
2: But he looks the exact same as he did 10 years ago. He coaches the exact same as he did 10 years ago. I mean, I, I it's hard to envision Nick Saban still coaching whenever he's 80, but... It's been done before. I mean, and, some
1: people retire to relax, man. Bob yeah. Bob did it, retired to relax, and that's what he's doing. But I think Saban relaxes by being in the office all day long. I think right. that's how he like calms. I, he's just different.
2: Yeah, I don't. I don't know, man. I don't know who's gonna follow. I my initial thought is the best thing to do would be hire from within to elevate someone to that spot, but. They have so much turnover, I don't know, depending on when it happens, it's hard to really earmark someone as the next person because there's constant rollover there within the staff.
1: They don't have a Josh McDaniels like uh, Bill Belichick did.
2: Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know.
1: There there was all that talk last year of, well, if Sark, I mean, if he does it at Texas, then they might bring him back. I think that's kind of sailed by now.
2: You don't you think a prerequisite is you will have to have won a national championship somewhere? Uh, if they're going to hire you from the outside, uh, you're going to have to have won a national championship Absolutely. on your own somewhere. Yeah. That would be my guess. Text line says, I'm not retiring, <laughs> so quit asking. <laughs> oh, so quit asking. I love it. All right, quick timeout. Final segment of The Rush is coming up next. Stay tuned. This is your
1: home for Sooner fans.
2: Free at ZipRecruiter.com slash radio. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash radio. ZipRecruiter.com slash radio. Pizza Hut has put a full court press on your game day needs. Let us feed your team with one of Pizza Hut's big dinner-